Welcome to That's Why Podcast with Anna and Patricia, the show where we arouse your curiosity while we dull your senses. Hola, Patricia. Hola. <laughs> I love it. I wasn't expecting this. I like it. I like it a lot. I was like, ooh, I got to do something different yes, today. Me gusta, me gusta. How are um, you? I'm, I'm sad that we have to record remote. Yeah, me too. We were, we had bummed. all this planned, people, if you only knew. I was going to go to a Lao celebration or New uh, Year's. It's New, New Year's. Year at the temple. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. We missed out on that one. Well, you know okay. what, though? The rain was horrendous this morning yes and i'm just not in the mood to be outside i am so with you i don't know i think it comes with age oh i'm not in it Uh, and i was i was getting over a sickness this week because my throat i sounded like a 70 year old smoker but then in two days i started to sound like a person going through puberty (laughs) you know what's funny okay guys anna's saying this but i heard her voice and she sounded very sexy she oh, really no. did. She thinks she thinks she sounds like that, but she mostly <laughs> sounded like that. No, <laughs> and then my voice it could get it could get really deep because my voice was really. <laughs> I was like trying to talk to Peter with my deep voice, and he was not having it. I was like, "What do you want for dinner?" <laughs> oh, I can only see Peter's face. That's hilarious. But I miss you. I miss you too. That's okay. Next time we're gonna do it in person. Yes, please. You know what? It's like we're going. We're getting over the hump of like winter and spring fighting each other to see who's gonna stay. haven't you noticed that lately in utah it's been like great one day and then for two days it's like super cold and we're like are we reverting back so closer to the end of spring i think we're gonna be able to i'd love to do it somewhere like in some venue i would love that too i think that's cool i have more fun that way because we're in a different place the environment yes and you've got giovanni in the back yeah my son is doing twists oh my gosh Uh you can only see the situation but he's he's doing it himself so I admire that's that. That's hard. Yeah, yeah. That's not easy doing those twist sprays with the two. But uh-uh. he he's a he rocks everything he touches. So I have no Man. doubt he's gonna look great. Can you twist your own hair? Uh yeah. And braid your hair? Yeah. Oh my gosh, that's talented. I can, but you know what? You did, listen, growing up in New York, um, first of all, I'm the baby, so I'm like number five, so they don't even know where I'm at half the time. Oh, as long as they feed true. me, that's all the care that I get. So uh-huh. you have to learn how to be independent. Oh my god, I'm saying that about myself, but here's my son, my baby, <laughs> twisting his own hair. Oops. <laughs> The babies always get like nothing. We get nothing. We have to learn how to. So I learned probably at probably, I don't know, seven, eight Uh years old to braid my hair and do my own thing. So I've been doing it forever. That's awesome. I didn't do my own hair, but I remember I would just like brush my hair and that was the extent of it. But I remember doing my own laundry at like four years old. Wow. Mopping, vacuuming. At four. Anna, I could so see that. No, are you kidding me? My mother would not let us near her appliances because she, <laughs> she had to value them and afraid that we'd ruin it. But oh. no, I never did laundry, but my hair. Now, Anna, you say that, but you have long, beautiful, straight hair. When you have hair curly and crazy like mine, you have to learn how to contain it. So that's, that's why true. you got to learn how to braid it and do pigtails and all those little things when you're younger. So Anna, you're an expert in laundry. <laughs> Uh, no, I hate doing laundry. 
I would rather scrub toilets. Wow, that's interesting. I've never yeah. heard anyone say that. I see, I love doing laundry. Okay, we could live together. We could live together. Anna. Yes. We've well. discovered that for many reasons. But anyway, <laughs> we're a but here we match. are. And today we're going to talk about the mind. The mind. Right? It's crazy because upon my research, of course, I go down a rabbit hole mm-hmm. and we can talk about a trillion different things about the mind. Yes. So I had to kind of hone it in and focus on a few topics. Okay. The first topic I want to talk about is the placebo effect because I know that a lot of people and placebo effect does help if you train your mind because your brain, it's called neuroplasticity, yes. where we can rewire it based on experiences and based on memory. And we have over 100 billion neurons that were able to do this. Yes. And the placebo effect, they did a study with Parkinson's disease. And Parkinson's disease is characterized by well-known motor symptoms, whereas the presence of cognitive non-motor symptoms, such as emotional disturbances, is still underestimated. So actually, I'll just let you listen to it. So basically, they used this guy who was unable to function. And as soon as he got on a bike, he was able to look straight. He was stable. Oh, I see. And All right. Let me send you this. You know what? That's awesome. Because yes, I have seen what you're talking about through Andrew Huberman and some other Mm -hmm. neuroscientists that I like to listen to. And that's what music also does. It taps into another part of your brain. That is the mind, not the brain. Anyway, so yeah. Okay, here we go. It begins with a man who has severe Parkinson's struggling to walk down a hospital corridor. He's hunched over, shuffling his feet. His hands are trembling. Then it shows the same man, minutes later, effortlessly riding a bike around the hospital parking lot. William Stauffer, whose lab studies rewards and emotions in the brain, says pretty much everybody involved in the placebo project has seen this video. What I find really incredible is is he's riding the bike and he comes back and he hops off the bike and he freezes, right? It's immediate. That's weird. The bike apparently (laughs) acted as a placebo, a conduit to joy. If you can somehow isolate the pathway that enables that and turn it on, Maybe you offer a new pathway to treatment. I would have imagined, uh, you know, a doctor, the word weird just would never come to mind. He's like, that's just weird. That's weird. (laughs) So you can imagine this man that is incapable of having motor skills. But as soon as he's on a bike, he's stable. He can balance himself. He's having eye contact with people. And once he gets off, Everything shuts off and he is incapable of Mm -hmm. all of those functions. Yes. So the placebo effect was saying they were able to reconnect those parts of the brain without using any medicine or any drugs. Really? Yes. That's why it was. That's why. Yes, that's why. Uh, So I thought that was fascinating. So going back to the audio clip. Since Parkinson's affects emotion and movement, if you can turn on and restore dopamine signals, their hope is by manipulating the right group of brain cells, they can switch on the movement circuit as Mm -hmm. well. Uh, Did you ever see that movie with Robert De Niro called Awakenings? I'm sorry, I have not. Okay, Anna, now that we've... (laughs) 
we're touching on the subject, you should watch it. Now, these patients were, they were in a catatonic state. They were sitting okay. in a wheelchair or whatever, and no one would ever engage them in these activities. So when um, the movie is actually based on a true story, um, that's why it's fascinating to me. And when Robin Williams was this doctor trying these new treatments, he was trying to basically convey the same thing that you just did with this video, where he would toss a ball and immediately, almost the reflex, they would lift their arm and actually catch the ball. But they were still every other part of their body, their facial expression, everything else. Right, correct. And it was so bizarre. It was weird, like he said in the video. But... There is so much to discover about how the mind and the brain work in symphony with each other. You know what I mean? Speaking of movies, I'm sorry it's a tangent, but I finally watched Tombstone. (laughs) And (laughs) I know it's your favorite movie, but I fell asleep. I'm so sorry. Listen, it's it's an acquired taste. Okay. And um, I think there's there are those movies out there that you either just love them or not, right? But uh-huh. there's so much about Tombstone that I love. So I'm you didn't finish watching everything. But if one day you're bored to death and I don't know. I liked some parts of it because like there are some iconic scenes. Yes. That, that yes. I, I, I can relate to. But there were things that I didn't relate to because obviously we're not in that era. And I didn't right. feel like the wife, the one that was addicted to opium, mm-hmm. I felt like she was a little irrelevant because she was just there drugged up on opium and then like, but you know what? That was what was happening, you know? Well, I told a friend of mine that it was funny. We were talking about the movie and I said, you know, it's a love story. And he laughed at me and I was like, no. And then when I went through all the reasons why it is a intertwined uh, with other things, but it is also kind of a love story. And I think that that's why they made his partner because I don't think he was married to her at the time they made his partner not as relevant but relevant enough to share that he felt he then wound up falling falling in love with that actress that makes sense and being do you know what I mean and being conflicted that he he knew he was kind of with the wrong person but he had already made that choice so it's a very interesting movie. Anyway, I'm glad that you got to at least see what it was kind of all about. I will about. finish it, though. I, I would promise. still love it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, sorry. Let's go back to what we were talking all about. All right. Yes. So, Anna, that's amazing. So let's read a little bit, if you don't mind. Okay, so the mind is associated with the brain, right? The two terms are often used interchangeably. Brain is considered to be physical thing. The mind is considered to be mental. The Uh brain is composed of nerve cells and can be touched. I think this is when you can really relate to what's the difference between the mind and the brain. Whereas the mind cannot be touched. Yes. Because when people are asking themselves, is it my brain or is it my mind? Uh That's, I feel, how you can kind of decipher it, you know? Okay, and then one last thing. The mind is often understood as a faculty that manifests itself in mental phenomena. They still consider it a phenomenon because we're still learning so much about it. Like Mm -hmm. sensation, perception, thinking, reasoning, memory, belief, desire, emotion, and motivation. Mind or mentality is usually contrasted with body, matter, or physicality. 
I thought that was interesting. I love that. Yeah. Exactly what you were saying. The mind and the brain are interchangeable. A lot of people think it's one and the same. Right. And I love that you pointed out that the physical is the brain and then the part that's untouchable is the mind. Yes. Since we know the brain is a physical thing that can be touched and seen, some components make up the brain like blood, vessels, and nerves. These cells are responsible for the brain's functions, and without these cells, the brain is dead. Mm -hmm. Any deficiency of these cells can cause damage to the brain. On the other hand, the mind has no definite shape or components making up its constitution. Therefore, it cannot be damaged. Yes, and that's what I find amazing. I like to listen to this podcast or and, and he also has a YouTube channel, The School of Greatness. Mm-hmm. And um, and he had a neuroscientist. His name was Raul Jandil. But the mind has an infinite power, but only if the brain is working, because that's how people write when they call them brain dead. Where yes. your brain is the the reptilian part of your brain is handling like right now we don't have to think about our breathing we don't have to think right. about our heartbeat it's managing all those physicalities yet what's allowing us to provide the content that we are is our mind so if that's when people are in a comatose state and they're in the hospital it is so hard like you said earlier a lot of times people don't think that they're one in the same. They are different. So therefore, when some when your loved one or someone who's laying in the hospital and is brain dead, uh-huh. right? It's a hard decision because you're thinking, okay, the, the rest of their body is alive. But once right. the brain is gone, the essence of who you are is gone too because right. it's your mind. Does that make sense? That makes a lot of sense. So that's that's why that, that decision is so hard because your brain is keeping your other maybe or maybe not. You're on life support, right? You're being assisted. But the uh-huh. fact that the essence of who you are is in the mind, I think it's right. a fascinating thing. Yeah. Because the physical part of you is still in existence. Yes. You know, we could still see you on the hospital bed, but then you're not there. Like you're not not present because you are present. But you're not cognitive. You're not cognitive of your own, even probably your own existence, right? Exactly. Because And there's something about this uh, doctor, Raul, was saying that when the brain dies... You know how they say that we're wired? It's really not wires. It's those neurons that really die. And so when there's no blood flowing up to the neurons, that's when it all ends. It's so bizarre. What's really crazy is what, I mean, I'm still kind of ruminating a little bit about the guy on the bike. (laughs) And can you imagine witnessing that? Knowing that someone has no ability to move and then they get on a bike and they're just like normal and then they get off and boom it's almost like a switch if i saw that i would be like wait a second you were just talking and having a conversation and now you're off and then you can't walk and then you don't know if you you know like you're shaky like that blows my mind that blows my mind yeah it (laughs) blows My mind is blown. My mind is blown. Not my brain, but my mind. I like it, Anna. Put them boom. We totally needed to uh, a little joke in there. I mean, yeah. How would you react to seeing someone like that? Well, I think when people are not aware of biology and science and all of that, 
you could totally see someone and think they're faking it. Oh, that's why they have to have all those experts when you're in a trial. They have to have experts of different kinds because they have to look in deep with Alzheimer's. So often, um, I don't know if you've ever heard of Dr. Ammon, but he's one of the few doctors now that are really saying, you know, when you have diabetes, you check your blood. You're actually checking something a biological in, in about of the body. When you have cardiac issues, you check the heart. People check it. No one ever really, when you're having mental, right, depression, anxiety, all those things, ADD, uh, anything having to do with the mind. Yes. No one looks at the actual mind and sees. There's calcium deposits that build that they've attributed to Parkinson's or Alzheimer's and all those things. So I think you can see him being like, you must have been faking that. How can you just get on a bike, yes. do that and then get off? But uh-huh. when you know that that's a possibility, then you understand And even the way we behave as human beings, you know what I'm saying? And in that movie that you were talking about, Mm -hmm. when someone threw the ball and then they caught it instinctively, Mm -hmm. what, I mean, it doesn't, I I don't mind having a movie ruined for me. So what happened at the end? He basically introduced a drug that would make those neurons connect so that they can then be able to get up and walk and talk and be more engaged that way, instead of that, and I don't even know if that would be kind of your reptilian side, picking up the ball, right? Like fight or oh. flight reaction, how you immediately react to something is probably the brain. And then this experimental drug, since it had never been done before, they were starting to have secondary effects, some people. And unfortunately, they reverted back. Oh, really? You've got to see the movie. It's really okay, awesome. I will. So it is a sad ending, I feel. Yet one of my mantras this year is don't be sad it's over. Be happy that it happened. That is really good. And it's sad that they reverted. But the beauty was uh, the main character in the movie, which is um, Robert De Niro. He had this problem since he was a child. So he never had experiences. So here he was, I think. When he had finally had full function of himself, he saw himself in the mirror and he last time he really saw himself was when he was a kid. And then here he was a man. And and one point in the movie, you know, they always have to um, they always have to inject some love story in there. He kind of starts liking this woman. And he starts, he starts like combing his hair and doing things differently and wanting to be like independent. And his mother was not used to that. And you could tell her reaction on not used to seeing her little baby boy who's never had a kiss or a girl interested. And obviously he was putting the mom to the side, but (laughs) it it also makes you see how dynamics, you know, in the mind, again, all in the mind, how we perceive things and how she perceived her son maturing where she hadn't seen him that way. And he perceived himself as a man. He had never perceived himself as a man having these feelings, right, that are wow. connected to the mind. I may be digging way too deep in there, but I really think it's a, it's a great movie to watch. Okay, you know? I'm going to yeah. watch that. That's on my list. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna, you know what? I want to watch that today. That feels like a mood for today. You know what? Yes. Uh-huh. It's a rainy, cloudy watch awakenings. Okay, <laughs> I will. <laughs> <laughs> and I like Robert De Niro. I like and you him. know what? It was when they were younger. So uh-huh. yeah, it's got a completely different feel. Now, nice. speaking of the mind, 
Uh-huh. Did we want to talk about flow states? I don't know what that is. You have to educate me. So I'm ready. Flow state is a state that you reach. Have you ever been so engulfed in a project? in doing something it could be your artistic side Anna you're a hairdresser you you're in the arts they find this often flow states with athletes you're so focused and you're so present that you lose time lapses you you nothing is in existence around you except where you are right then oh Um, that's kind of like and they have tested their breathing, their neurological activity, their brain activity, and it all shows this state that's called flow. And that is, it's really a beautiful place to be. And I, I would want to say, you know, I liken everything to sex. It, it's it's <laughs> like also when you're with that partner, like you're engaging, it's a great place to reach a flow state too when you're having sex and you're so present. Yes. I mean, I'm sorry. Actually, if you're not enjoying sex, you probably might not be present. <laughs> <laughs> Did I throw the laundry in the I dryer? I know, I've heard some people say that. I'm thinking that's terrible. That's so bad. <laughs> but if you're having good sex, you're always mm-hmm. present and you reach that flow state of euphoria and focus and enjoying almost everything that's happening right then and there, that's kind of reaching reaching a flow state. And again, that can only happen in the mind. That's true. I've experienced that a lot where all of a sudden you look at the time and three hours passed. Right? It does say here that in positive psychology, a flow state, also known as colloquially, as being in the zone, like you just said, in the mental state in which a person performing some activity is fully immersed in a feeling of energized focus, full involvement and enjoyment in the process of the activity or said activity. So so I don't know that, you know, watching a movie, enjoying a movie would take you to a flow state, but maybe creating a movie would. I just thought about it. When I practice drums, I can play for hours and not realize I've been sitting there for hours. Yes. And I thought yes. like it's only been 15, 20 minutes mm-hmm. and then it's been like two and a half hours. Isn't that wild? That's Just crazy. Now, isn't the mind funny? Just for the same token, because listen, reality is reality. Whether you think it or not, a minute doesn't go by any faster or slower. It's really mm-hmm. your perception, right? So right. have you ever been at work and you're like, damn, those last 10 minutes are really taking oh. a long time. You or, know what I or, mean? Or a workout session and you've got three more sets to go (laughs) you're like no oh my gosh this is taking forever it's like torture Uh and yet Uh when you are really engulfed in something that you love and you're Mm -hmm. right that flow state you can't get enough of it that is so true like okay you know i love drugs that's just the way i am but like (laughs) when i (laughs) when we go to music festivals or raves and stuff we can be there for 12 hours and it feels like i was there for one hour Mm -hmm. and by the way i party clean a lot of the times i don't do drugs all the time but that's true even when i party clean i'm like having such a great euphoric time with the music the environment that you don't realize oh my gosh like the sun is coming up i experience that with this show a lot when we do it together anna and i have such a great time it's kind of like going into costco don't ever don't ever go in (laughs) thinking 
thinking you're going to spend $20. This is impossible. When I go see Anna and we record together, five hours easily go by. We're like, holy oh, shit. How, how so did fast. That? I know. We're like, I got here so at 12. Fast. It's midnight. I mean, <laughs> so that's being in a flow state. I'm in a flow state with I you, Anna. I love that. Yeah. Yes, I love that. Me too. Yeah. And when you're hanging out with friends, family, it's just flow states are amazing. And I really appreciate the mind and all that it can do. You know, do you meditate? Yes, I've been meditating. I'm not as consistent as I'd like to be, yet I can see how my life is so different. My day is so different when I do. When you meditate, do you have a timer or do you meditate until you feel centered? Um, both. Um, if oh. I, depending on the day, if I like, if I have to work that morning and how many, you know, what I've done, I'll say, okay, I'll do a 20 minute work, 20 minute meditation today. There, when I have the time, like when I'm off, I'll mm-hmm. sit there and I'll do my my meditation bowl, right? The vibration. I love. Oh, you have a that. bowl. I have a bowl and I oh, love it. Oh, that is so cool. Yes, I, I saw some awesome ones in New York when I was there. So I'm gonna I'm gonna have to indulge and get get me a, a really nice one. But my point is that I have sat there and I do notice the difference from it being timed and regimented. Versus Mm. when I sit there and I just, you know, there's that, there's something about when you sit there and allow yourself to be, you know, when you've gotten to that point without a timer that you're good. Right. I I think you you can attest to that, Anna. Right. Uh Yeah. So if you don't meditate, you can feel a difference is what you're saying. Oh, you can. Are you kidding me? Everything, my state of mind, the way I perceive things during the day, the way I can handle things during the day. And just my energy from getting up from meditating, it's almost like you've cleansed your mind. I love that. Yeah. I love meditating. But I love, I'm naturally a lazy person. (laughs) So like, if someone said you have to sit for an hour, I'm like, okay. (laughs) Oh, gee. All right. (laughs) All right. Well, I don't, know if, I don't know if I'd call it lazy. I'm like that too. I mean, I'm like, okay, you know, that's funny. Okay, so I was in New York with my really good friend, Mito, and we have discussed because she is so, she can't sit still. She she's can't. always on the go. She's always on the go. Girl, she is experiencing back pain and some things. And I'm like, it's the way that your body is telling you, you need to slow down and you need to chill. Agree. We experience lazy people like, well, if you want to call it lazy, like ourselves, we do experience <laughs> other things that say, okay, now nah, you need to get your ass up and go do something, right? <laughs> yes. So your body, listen to your body because it really gives you a lot of cues and signs, right? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, you just have to know how to listen. Yeah. So... That's true. I wanted to just say, look into that one um, video on YouTube uh, with that... Uh, Neuroscientist, like I was saying, Raul Jandil. I think I'm saying that right. It was it was really fascinating. It's an hour, you know, that you can kill whether you're going on a drive or whatever. Can you spell that again? What's the last name again? It's Jandil. It's J-A-N-D-I-A-L. So flow state is, like you said, I guess it could be kind of like tunnel vision, right? Where like you're only focused on what you're seeing? Or is tunnel vision like a person's inability to open their mind? Is that a different term? I think, you know, just like anything else that can have a double meaning, I would say that you can really attach it to either of those, right? Oh, got it. Tunnel vision is a vision defect where objects cannot be seen unless they are near 
the center of the visual field. So metaphorically, I think tunnel vision can be related to the mind or the the um uh, flow state. the flow state where yes, you are so it's right here, you're focused, that's it. This is all I can see. But when you're describing someone's character flaw <laughs> As having as having tunnel vision, that's not a good thing because interesting. If it's a character flaw, you're myopic. You're just very, you know, you only see one thing and you can't see everything else. So that's not a good thing in that state. But I would say that being in the zone to say that you have tunnel vision is a good thing. So. What's your flow state? Uh, when I'm doing my nails. That's a good one. Yeah. I could do my nails for hours. Isn't it so gratifying when you paint it and it's evenly on your, and it's not on the skin, it's not in the cuticle. Yeah, it's like, wow, I got that perfect stroke. Yes, and then you look at the final, what I love about when I do my nails, first of all, I save so much money. And second of all, I <laughs> do it exactly the way I want. And when I look at the final product, it's kind of like cleaning. It's, it's an immediate gratification it's not a project that you like for example building a cabinet I could see how a cabinet builder can lose themselves and have a flow state the stroke the sanding the cutting the yes all those things the putting them together but it's a long-term project usually right so you don't mm-hmm. get I get into those flow states when I do things like my nails or uh-huh. obviously sex is one thing. Um, when I'm going on a long walk, when I walk uh-huh. by myself, a great workout with the music. And when I know the steps I and what I'm doing, that. I can just be gone. And I have to say, when I hang out with people that I love, that I enjoy their company, I can immediately get into a flow state. Mm -hmm. I'm with them. I'm laughing. I'm engaging. I want to know more. My curiosity is spiked when I'm with my kids and we're having fun and laughing. Like it's easy for me to reach those flow states. I love that. Yes. Yes. Because I mean, at work, do you feel like it's engaging enough for you to be in a flow state or are you also kind of like time management and, you know, your to-do list and would work be a flow state? Gosh, that's it's a such really a new e- term for me. I've never heard of flow state. That's I, why I have actually reached flow states a couple of times in my job when I'm like, okay, oh. I give myself a goal and I'm like, okay, I'm going to do uh, in an hour, I'm going to do 30 calls. And I'm like, boom, boom, boom. I'm like click clicking on all this stuff. And before I know it, I'm like, oh my gosh, I, I did it. Like wow. I feel flow state is now that we're talking about it like this, I best describe it as losing the track of time. Like stuff is happening and you don't even realize it's happening because you are not doing it. You are it. Does that make sense? You're not doing it. You don't even think about what you're doing. You become whatever it is that you're doing. That makes sense. Yes. All right, guys, if you would like to be a part of our show, we would love to hear from you. Ask us questions and share your story. We'll give you our unfiltered, unforgiving, unqualified advice. Record an audio clip and email us at thatswhyshow at gmail.com. Find us on Instagram and Facebook at That's Why Show. Follow, subscribe, and please write us a review. Absolutely. We'd love that. And what's our inspo quote today? All right. Our inspo quote is your strongest muscle and your worst enemy is your mind. Train it well. Yes. Now I got to go work out. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, I'm so happy. And listen with that. Peace, love, and dark Dark chocolate. chocolate. Bye-bye.